0: At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more.
1: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach
0: Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com
1: and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we're live, but you all know the drill. we got to let the stream breathe just for a few seconds. Make sure we have the entirety of our audience and community dialed into the stream, and we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, not a whole lot of uh, breaking news to develop and analyze today as far as Monday is concerned. However, there is something that we need to address, and that is the fact that even though we were anticipating it, Cam Newton came off the C-word reserve list He's cruising for sure to start on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. And as a result of that and the fact that Bill Belichick has a phenomenal record coming off a bye, the line went from minus three and a half favoring the Patriots to minus nine. Do you think that is too big a gap? Um I, I think oddsmakers are still seeing the Broncos team that
0: started off kind of slow. They're still seeing the Broncos team that had, that had Brett Ripon starting last week. I, I don't think oddsmakers are giving the Broncos their due. And I think, of, of course, they're thinking of the Patriots having an extra week to game plan, getting Cam Newton back, getting Stephon Gilmore back, being at home. I can understand why the line is that high, even though I think it's a little egregious. I think the Broncos are better than Vegas is giving them credit for. But there's no doubt about it now. Cam Newton will start this game versus Drew Locke. And I have a theory, Chad, that the NFL kind of made it happen this way. They rescheduled it to get the best quarterbacks on the field and put the best product in front of the fans' eyes. So whether that happened
1: or not, that's the reality it's going to be on Sunday. Yeah, whether it was planned that way uh, or not, definitely the two best quarterbacks for each team are going to be playing on Sunday. And, you know, Vic Fangio, I'm, I'm going to pull up his quote here in just a few minutes and what he said specifically about Drew Locke's prospects but even if Drew Locke as far as internally is viewed as guaranteed to start this week by the Broncos, Vic Fangio is not going to ever at any point until game time announce that even though Bill Belichick is smart enough to know which way the wind blows, he's smart enough to realize that hey, Locke's probably going to play and shape his preparations thusly. Nevertheless, just in case, you never know. And he's going to have to at least have a contingency prepared for Brett Rippin, although it's not like we're talking about, ooh, Bill Belichick has to game plan for Drew Locke, which is, you know, it's a task. And Brett Rippin, we're not talking about having to, you know, divide your attention here between, you know, Drew Locke and Lamar Jackson.
0: Right. And you know what? If Fangio is trying to outsmart Bill Belichick, it's not going to happen. He's giving Belichick a taste of the medicine that Belichick invented. And I think Mm -hmm. he knows Belichick is wise. He's been around the NFL block for years and years and years. He knows Locke is starting this game. He knows if he's getting his quarterback back, the Broncos are going to counter fight fire with fire with their quarterback. I don't even think Belichick is getting much attention at all to Brett Ripon. He knows the way the wind is blowing and the way the wind is blowing is toward number three.
1: This is true. You know, tonight, guys, we might as well consider this. This is a weird week because, you know, usually when you have a bye week, scheduled you know that months and months in advance and you can kind of prepare your content as as a publication and as a podcast and as a channel around that but where we suddenly had to go from expecting right now this very minute to probably be talking to you gut reaction style following broncos patriots we're kind of having to go off the cuff and just analyze the topics as they're coming day to day knowing that the broncos are going to end up zach going 17 days that is that correct Seventeen days, I'm pretty sure is correct. Yeah, feels like seventeen, 17 years. So in between games, I mean, seventeen days. I don't think I can't think of a time in which there's been that big of a of, of a gap between the Broncos. You know, when it comes to a bye week, that's a that's you know, even though obviously they didn't get a, a traditional real bye like we discussed last night, seventeen days by virtue of that mini bye they got coming off the Thursday game. Hey, that's a silver lining as well. Well, they didn't have to play in a game. They might have practiced, but they saved their bodies from having to play in a
0: game. So that in itself was a bye week physically. The Broncos are one of the most injury-ravaged teams. You can argue the most injury-ravaged team in the entire NFL. So having the extra time off, again, this is why I talked about it on yesterday's pod. It was a blessing in disguise for Denver. I know they got screwed over and they feel a lot of ways about that, but ultimately having a healthier, more talented team next Sunday is more important than kind of just gutting through it today, which would have been. All right, guys.
1: Well, uh, so the moral of the story <clears throat> that we're getting here, getting to here tonight is this is kind of an, an open forum night. It's considered an impromptu mile high mailbag. So whatever's on your mind, questions, topics, get it in the chat. We will address it, help you exercise some demons if that's what it takes. Questions, super chats, get them in the stream. And we're gonna get to that here on the other side of this break. We got to take care of some matters of business.
0: Yeah guys, tonight's live stream podcast is brought to you by SportsBetting.com Broncos country, listen up. Gambling is now legal in the state of Colorado and here's what makes SportsBetting.com a no-brainer for sports fans. First of all, they got sharp odds and low juice. They have in-house bookmakers they're not a third-party provider of odds they have reduced juice and the best prices available. Also, a hassle free bonus, one-time rollover it means the bonus money is yours after you bet it one time, whereas other sites range from five to 30 times. Big difference there. 24-7 live customer support. You guys are always going to get a real person in the U.S., not a robot, a real live human being. But here's the kicker. At SportsBetting.com, you get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to $500. Not just one bet, but all of your bets. Play for a week, and if your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, SportsBetting.com will cover 100% of the difference up to $500 with a one-time rollover. So head on over to Sports sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle that's sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle and capitalize a risk-free week of sports betting up to $500.
1: You guys got to jump on that while you can. It is a phenomenal deal. And while we're doing our little share screen here, Zach, we might as well unveil the new design on the merch store. Uh, Let me, let me first do this. All right, guys, we're going to screw up the entire order of our traditional show here. Draw your attention to the merch store huddleupod.com. You can head over there uh, on demand, get your swag on, and get yourself this brand new t shirt for the ladies out there. It is another superstar design tea. I'll give you guys one wild guess who do you think designed <coughs> this t shirt? Winner gets a free t shirt. We'll say that. Winner gets a free t shirt. John. The first person that gets it right, find them. We'll give them a free T-shirt. This is our newest product on this on the merch store, HuddleUpPod.com. And as you can see here, it is navy blue, bronco blue, with the Mile High Huddle logo, a heart, an orange heart. And if you can't quite make that out because of the size of the screen, it's a little hashtag Huddle Up in that uh, inside the heart. Very so cool. very very. Let cool. me see here. Let me see here if we've got any. Uh, you you tell us, John, the first person that guessed it, if they didn't, otherwise I'm, yeah, there we go. Uh, all right, Miller, Miller Hi, Rob is 100% right. It is the queen of MHH designed this bad boy. And Miller Hi, Rob, you might not want this particular T-shirt for yourself because you are male. I don't know. It's up to you because, you know, it's a heart and whatnot. Hopefully you heart MHH. Hopefully you heart the Huddle Up podcast. But nevertheless, if, if you would prefer a different shirt, just holler. Either way, reach out to Zach or myself either on Twitter or send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com with your personal details, your shipping address, and we'll get it out there. Oh, Christy's already got one. Don't worry about that. Christy's already got one coming her way. So winner, winner, chicken dinner. Christy, you did a great job. You knocked this out of the park. And Zach, you know what's really cool about this in particular is this is just pure passion coming out of the community, coming out of one of the community leaders in Christy We didn't necessarily go knocking on her door saying, hey, come up with a design. She presented this to us, and we're like, wow, this is awesome. Can we put it on the merch store? And she's like, yeah, by all means. And here it is. So very talented. Obviously, she's got her podcast going as well on the Mile High Roundtable. Dynamic. Everyone knows Christy and what she means to this community. Yeah, I
0: can't rock this myself. I would break this shirt out, it seems. But I just love how sleek it looks, Chad. I love the navy with the uh, the orange backdrop, the Broncos colors. I love the text. I love the little hashtag. It's subtle, but it's there. The heart, because at the core, we all have a close-knit community here. I'm not trying to get cheesy or cliche, but we're all, we all love each other here. We're all good friends I would say in this community we all know each other we're all about love and positivity so it's a great shirt go out guys if you have a female in your life if you want to get this shirt go out and buy one it's really really nice
1: this is the overtime podcast network time to fire up the grill time to go to total wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers oh I love their beer cooler (laughs) you love their prices even more wondrous selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices total wine and more Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Guys, everybody wants to find a way to make a difference and make an impact in the world. A lot of times people get too caught up with our lives. Things are happening. We got jobs, we got families, we got school, we got things going on. We don't always have the means to get around to doing that. But here's what's cool about Coors Seltzer. You can actually make a difference by just enjoying a great, great drink. And here's how it works. Coors Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. By simply cracking open a can of Coors Seltzer, you're volunteering. Because our waterways, let's face it, they're at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up. Through a partnership, though, with Change the Course, Coors Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Here's how that works. Each 12-pack of Coors Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. The way it shakes out, 1 billion gallons of water get restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., and that's just year one. Here's what's great, though, about Coors Seltzer itself. Not only are you making a difference in the world simply by purchasing Coors Seltzer, But you also get to enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon-lime, and grapefruit. I particularly like the black cherry. And the specs are in. Coarse seltzer is 4.5% ABV, and it's only 90 calories. As someone who covers the NFL and a giant football fan, there's nothing I like
0: more than kicking back on a Sunday morning, getting my spread, getting my food, getting my drinks, putting on a full slate of NFL action, and kicking back with a Coors Seltzer. Whether it's a black cherry, a mango, lemon, lime, Chad, I live for football and kicking back with my Core Seltzer
1: each and every single game week. Amen. So join the world's easiest volunteer program, gang, by simply drinking Core Seltzer. You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Core Seltzer. You help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. Guys, it's that simple. Who would have guessed saving the world could be that easy? Visit coorseltzer.com to find Coors Seltzer near you. That's coorseltzer.com. For every 12 pack sold through 831 2021, Coors will purchase
0: services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at coreseltzer.com Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth,
1: Texas. That's right. So, shout out to Christy. Great job getting this together. We put the link in the chat stream. So, when you get a chance, the ladies of MHH or the dudes of MHH. You can get this for the for the lady in your life. Go check it out when you get some time. Um, also, guys, quick reminder, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. And while you're at it, follow the main account at MileHighHuddle. If you have those two accounts followed on Twitter, you're not going to miss anything as it relates to the podcast or breaking Bronco's news and analysis. And then as far as the merch store, not everyone can patronize the merch store, act. Not everyone's in a position to do that, but... Each and every person listening to this, whether you're with us live or after the fact, can do all three of these things. Subscribe first and foremost or follow, whether that's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Like this video. That's especially crucial on YouTube and Facebook. And the ultimate litmus test is, if you think Zach and I are doing a good job, share this video. If you think we're doing a good job, share this video out there. Help Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up podcast continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. And then last thing here, shout out to our facebook supporters if you are one of our great members of the facebook community and you would like to become an official mhh supporter we're going to be unveiling additional benefits and stuff that come along with that in the very near future but if you want to support mhh just go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle you'll see the big blue button it says become a supporter click that you're in like flynn and it's a mile high salute to our mhh facebook supporters we love you guys and appreciate you all right what's up levi Let's see. Uh, we got a couple of super chats uh, ready to roll here. I don't want to miss. There it is. There's Levi right here. Jumping in. Really appreciate your generosity. Thank and you, support. Levi. It has become a daily uh, show of love and support and appreciation for what we're doing here, and it just means the world to Zach and I and to John. So thank you, my friend. He says, does Levi, Drew will be back, which means, which equals best chance to win. Zach, as I wrote many times last week, actually, when trying to, you know, I I was predicting Drew Locke was going to play tonight before they ultimately rescheduled it to week six. I said, look, who do you think the Broncos would rather start on the road, a healthy Drew Locke or a healthy Brett Rippon? If you think it's a healthy Brett Rippon just because they went in and beat a a winless uh, New York Jets team, you are sadly remiss. The Broncos – Need Drew Locke back in the lineup. They're a better team with Drew Locke in the lineup, and he's still far from a perfect quarterback. He's still developing, Zach. He's still learning, but he just brings that spark, that swagger, and then, of course, the raw talent combined with a little uh, direction from Pat Shermer and Mike Shula. We're still waiting to see what can come of that, and getting him back into the saddle this week is is the first, the next, I was going to say the first next step, but that's bad grammar. It's the next step in him. Proving to the fans, proving to the media, proving to the front office that he's got this. With all due
0: respect to Brent Ripon and Jeff Driscoll and Blake Bortles, Drew Locke can just do things that other quarterbacks cannot do, including them. And he what what he brings to the offense intangibly. We all saw it last year when he replaced Brandon Allen. The entire offense got uplifted. The running backs, the receivers, the offensive line, the coaching, the play calling. Um, he just brings, like Chad said, a spark to the team. He's their leader. He's just he it exudes confidence and leadership and attitude and everything you want in a franchise quarterback. It was a blessing to me that the game got pushed back to Sunday. Again, sucks losing the bye week. It sucks practicing for no reason. But the Broncos are going to get not just Lock back, but Noah Fant, A.J. Boye, at a minimum, they're going to be a healthier, better team going into New England. And you never know what Locke can do, given his uh, opportunity,
1: Chad. Absolutely. I mean, John Elway, when he stood up there in his end-of-season press conference last year, the Broncos, of course, when Drew Locke was inserted as the starting quarterback in Week 13, Up to that point, they had totaled a uh, only three wins combined all year long, and of course, they would finish seven and nine as Locke led them to a four and one finish there. But this is what John Elway said: that kind of it took him a while to fully come around to endorsing Locke on a on a public um, stage, so to speak, that he's our guy. But he definitely explained why he pointed to Locke as his main justification for. Everyone remembers this now, one of his famous phrases as a Broncos GM. We finally bounced off the bottom. And He pointed to Drew Locke as the big reason for that. Uh, And this is what he said in regards to, to Locke and the young players and the youth on this roster. Quote, this was on December 30th last year. They believe in the coaching staff. They feel like the young guys that we have and the excitement that Drew has brought. That locker room is excited again. I think that's what gives you hope and they have hope that they're going to be able to be successful, close quote. And Zach, in that same conversation, he was talking about the here-we-go-again mentality that he saw all too often in the Vance Joseph-led Denver Broncos during that dark period, and how that seemed to lift with Drew Locke. This is why the Broncos need him back. Yes, it was nice to go in there and get a a win against the Jets, but Zach, you don't think the players and the coaches realized the outlier that that game was? Not only the opponent going against a winless New York Jets team, and I don't say this to take anything away from Brett Ripon. Don't get me wrong. But in the NFL, <clears throat> how often does a team win when they go uh, minus three in the in the turnover differential? The Broncos whistled past the graveyard in week four. Great, you stopped you, you got your first win of the season. Now you get your real quarterback back in the saddle, and it's time to get back to the business of shaping this season up to the standard and the and the expectation that you had going into it, even knowing Zach, that you've still lost. Vaughn and you've lost Sutton and you've lost a lot of your key players that you were counting on this season can still be salvaged.
0: Very much so. And yeah, a lot of things broke the Broncos way, not to take anything away from their victory, but you know, the Jerry Judy touchdown, the Melvin Gordon touchdown run, the Jets are just a hapless lousy team right now. So the Broncos, good victory over them, but it was still a a small drop in the bucket compared to what they have to do for the rest of the season. And what they have to do next is beat New England. They're going to have to play a lot better than than they did against New York or else they're going to get blown out of Gillette Stadium. Locke gives them that chance, though, to hang with Cam Newton and the Patriots. Locke gives the Broncos a chance to win whenever he's on the field. And here's the key part, protected by his offensive line. He finally has a a competent right tackle in the game now. Like Chad mentioned, still no Cortland Sutton, no offense, probably not 10%. 100%. There's still some injuries in that offense and a lot of new moving parts. But as long as Locke's under center, he's always going to give the Broncos a much better chance and, and keep the Broncos in a game than any other quarterback on that roster would or is capable of.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Und- Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer includes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. Addedly, Mike Evans jumping in. Talk about consistency. Every single chat stream, he's in the saddle with us and he's supporting MHH. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Mike. He says, do you think with Drew, we can score at least 24 points against the Patriots' defense? Zach, before we answer this in depth, I want to do a quick share screen. I want to show our audience, our community here. Let me pull this up, and you guys can see the weekly release packet that we get as media from Broncos PR. And you see here the New England Patriots defense. Let me try and blow this up a little bit. Bear with me. That's about as good as I can get it without it going weird. Um, All right, so as a defense, New England has given up 23 points per game. So let's start with that. If you get twenty four, you're going over, right? Do you see twenty three? You taking the over under in terms of the Broncos exceeding or falling under the weekly average? The Patriots are are relinquishing with with
0: Locke playing and having Philip Lindsay back and having Jerry Judy and having Noah Fan. You know, I don't know whether I'm willing to predict a certain number, but I feel like the Broncos are capable. And if you ask me the same question with Brett Ripon starting, I would definitely say no. But I think the Broncos are for sure. This New England defense is not what it was a couple years ago. They're, they're very susceptible and they're leaky in their secondary, Stefan Gilmore aside. So if the Broncos are aggressive and have a vertical offense and not an East and West offense, if they're aggressive and they push the right buttons with a healthy lock under center, they could definitely uh, match or exceed 24 points in this game.
1: I'm trying to remember exactly here. Bear with me one second. Let me see if I can find this, what the Broncos finished last year on uh Oh, no, that's five. That's it. I'm all the way back in 2019. Bear with me one second here. Let me see if I can find this. Here it is. Uh, season in review for the Broncos. So last year, and this included, of course, Drew Lock' final five games as the starter. Uh, where is it? Broncos finished, averaging as an offense 17.6 points per game. My gosh, that is putrid. That's with Drew Locke scoring 23 against the Chargers. What was it? 37 against the Texans. Of course, it was only three or whatever it was against Kansas City. Um, The next week against Detroit, wasn't wasn't that a 16-10? And then another tight game against the Raiders. But either way, the fact that they scored 37 in one of those games and they still only managed to bring it up to 17 points, that's how bad the offense was last year, which kind of gives you a window into why Vic Fangio felt a little – a little push to maybe make a change at offensive coordinator. But look at the look at quarterback that, too. I mean, eight yes, games to Joe Flacco. no doubt about it. I mean, Flacco was bad. Brandon Allen was bad. But that brings us back to today, which is the Denver Broncos currently through four games are averaging 20.5 points per game. So with three different quarterbacks having started for this team in the first quarter of the season, they're still averaging Zach three points more than they finished last year. So with Drew Locke, look, that was the, the Tennessee game, I think was a little bit of an outlier because it was the first game of the year and it was such a weird off season, such a weird training camp, no preseason. It was just an outlier. I don't, I can't judge the, what to expect from Drew Locke in week six based on week one at Tennessee. I do think this is a Broncos squad to get back to answering Mike's question here. They can get to 24 points. Right now, if I'm taking an over or under, I'll probably take the under, but I see them around 23 points, somewhere right there about what the what the Patriots are are relinquishing on average right now. And so, but look, if Brett Ripon can go on the road, East Coast, and get 37 points, granted that was the Jets and the hapless, uh, you know, very devoid of talent defense that the Jets have, Zach, it's Belichick, he's coming off a bye. He's, the you know, the Patriots are going to be postured as the Goliath here. And that's kind of how Drew Locke likes it. He likes being the underdog that no one really sees coming. Think back to that week 14 trip to Houston. I could see something like that taking shape, but it would take Drew Locke really coming out swinging and on fire to kind of produce a statement, make a statement as he comes back from being hurt.
0: Yeah, but let him hate But, you know, the fact that we're complimenting the Broncos averaging 20 points, it says more about how putrid last year's offense was than how good this year's offense is. I will say, though, look at the defenses the Broncos faced the first three weeks, arguably three of the best defenses in the entire NFL, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Buccaneers. It's not an easy task for anyone, let alone a young offense with a young quarterback and the injuries, the offensive line play. I'm encouraged. I think the Broncos actually can win this game at 24 points. I, I think that would do it if they got to 24 I believe they can limit Cam Newton's passing and his rushing. And if their defense is called correctly and if Fangio manages this game correctly, 24 might be enough to escape with the victory.
1: Carlos jumping in on super chat, a name that is becoming increasingly familiar to us on super chat. Thank you, Carlos. Appreciate Thank you, my you. dog. He says, cam or no cam rooting for a dub. Somos chingones. I I dude. I was, as I told the fellas, um, Darko and I'm sorry, I I forgot his partner's name on the um, Broncos Mexico live stream podcast that I I joined. I think it was the last week or the week before. Either way, the fact that they are able to speak both English and Spanish, to me, I'm just in awe. Like to (laughs) me, I am in awe of the fact that you could speak because the idea of learning and mastering a language enough to not only understand it, hear it and understand, interpret what they're saying, but to then speak it as well. For those of you out there who are bilingual or polyglots can speak multiple languages, I tip my cap to you. God bless you. I have nothing but respect for you. And Carlos, sorry, I don't know what that means, dog. I can go- I can ask Google, but uh, Somos Chingones to you as well, my friend. I grew up, you know, 20,
0: 25 years in South Florida. I, I don't speak a lick of uh, Spanish, chat. And I'm with you. Every time I hear just completely perfect transition from another language, and not only the the, the translation, but the the syntax and pronouncing words correctly, I'm just always impressed as well. So uh,
1: shout out to anyone who's uh, bilingual. Uh, we're seeing here from uh, Mike. Appreciate you, my friend. Appreciate that uh, sentiment. Greg says he's having a problem with the pod. I don't know if you guys on Facebook, He's he's one of our Facebook viewers. If you're having a problem with the live stream tonight, let us know, because we'll try and tackle that and figure out what's going on. Um, because we're John, flipped around. Maybe it is. But <laughs> keep an eye out for that, John, of someone else. Here he is. This is Darko. This is my friend Darko and longtime listener of the show. He's got a, a picture of Bubbles from the hit Netflix show, Trailer Park Boys. But don't let it fool you, because he's a, he's a great drummer. He sent me uh, – in fact, hold on, let me grab it. Shout out to Darko. I got to give him his props, Zach. I got to take this off share screen real quick so you guys can get a good look at this. He sent me this drum pad, all right, for a drummer like myself. It's kind of nerdy, but this is really cool to me. Very kind. Darko, love you, buddy. But I, it was his podcast that I went on. It was a great conversation and uh, happy to do it anytime. We're going to get Darko and his podcast partner. We'll get them on the show one of these days. But Darko says, can't wait to see Drew Locke with DeMar Dotson as a tackle and with Philip Lindsay on the field regards guys, keep up the good work. Hashtag be Denver Broncos for life. I'm sure. What he's saying hashtag Mexico is also Broncos country. Of course, that's, that's the point, man. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. It's wherever you are.
0: And I just made the same point in my last remark. I said, we haven't seen drew lock behind a, a competent right tackler behind competent protection. And I'm not saying it's going to be the, the solve I'm not saying he's going to be an all pro quarterback by having DeMar Dotson, but at least he won't be running for his life. At least he won't be scrambling backward and throwing off his back foot, not out of you know luxury, but out of habit and necessity and just having a better offensive line. If they can, can protect him like they, like they protected Brett Ripon last week, he will do some damage against this new England defense.
1: Trust me on that. Albert wants to know on Facebook, also one of our Facebook supporters, love you, Albert. Also an occasional super uh, occasional super chat superstar. Uh, he says, any updates on Noah Fant and the other injuries? Nothing yet, Albert, because the Broncos aren't even going to hit the field again until Wednesday. So they're off today. They're off tomorrow. Fangio's giving them that time because they got robbed of a true bye week. Even though they're getting 17 days off in between games, they did have to practice all week last week. It did cost him a backup running back. Levante Bellamy suffered an knee injury. It's probably not season-ending if this was a traditional year. He maybe would still get waived and put on IR just because, you know, he's fourth-string running back. But it just goes to show you that practicing, it's required. It's necessary. It's part of the game. But at the same time, there's a reason why if you don't have to practice, you don't because every time the guys step out there and, and practice and go at anything approaching full speed, Zach, they're at risk of an injury. And you saw that with Levante Bellamy and hopefully, Hopefully he gets back in the saddle really, really quickly. But that's why Vic Fangio, though, they didn't have a game Sunday. They didn't have a game Monday. He's also giving them off uh, uh, Tuesday. So they're going to go Monday, Tuesday, excuse me, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They'll have three days in a row off, and that's going to have to get him by as a, as a buy this year.
0: I mean, they're only really losing out on a bye week of about two or three days. And I know it's a lot, but it's not like they're getting no time off. And to answer the question more directly, I do think Noah Fant will play this week. I, I believe he's closer to 100% than he would have been had he played tonight. I believe you'll have Boye back, Philip Lindsay back. No KJ Hamler, I believe. No Draymond Jones, no Demarcus Walker. I think the three you're definitely getting back is Locke, Boye, and Noah Fant.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: <laughs> Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts in response to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Save $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, Queen, now $17.99. Plus, special financing ends Monday. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why 4 out of 5 new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jeff C., also one of our consistent, longtime listeners and consistent Super Chat superstars jumping in. Appreciate it, Jeff. Hamler, K.J. Hamler, concerns me. He hardly plays and seems to have hamstring issues. Henry Ruggs looks great. Still waiting to see the top off a defense play, see him take the top off a defense. And this was something, Zach, you spoke to on last night's podcast, the fact that K.J. Hamler, he is an electrifying player when he's on the field. Problem is... Is he going to be one of those guys that, you know, is so rarely on the field that he gets quickly forgotten? I mean, look, Isaiah McKenzie, here's the flip side of that coin. He was an electrifying player when he had the ball in his hands, but you never knew if he was going to give it to the other team. So you do think, you do count your lucky stars. KJ Hamler's not that kind of guy. But in the case of his hamstring, you do have to wonder, Zach, because he is such an explosive and fast wide receiver. Those hammies, man, they get a lot of pressure, those twitchy, explosive guys, and it nags. And what really concerns me about Hamler to echo Jeff here is it's the same hamstring that he injured uh, ahead of the, of the combine that he aggravated in camp. But this actually ends up being a different tear in his hamstring or injury, let's say, than the point that had been hurting him before. So same hammy, two different injuries.
0: McKenzie also has the luxury of, of really good coaching because he found a second, I would say a second career, definitely a fresh start in Buffalo and he's become their offensive weapon. I know he's overshadowed by Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, but McKenzie's having a real good career in in, uh, Buffalo. So I hope the Broncos can use KJ Hamler in a similar role when he's healthy in that, you know, get him on jet sweeps and get, Quick crossers over the middle, get the ball in his hands and let him make things happen. I still think the Broncos should put him on ice for three weeks, put him on IR, let him get completely 100,000% healthy. Because if he comes back at 99% and he steps wrong with that hamstring, he will be gone for the rest of the season or maybe even longer than that. They have to let him heal up. It's too soon to put an injury label on him. I mean, these are concerning injuries and that's what happens with speedsters, but you got to let him get to 100%.
1: Hamstrings are notoriously dreaded for this reason alone, Chad. Speaking of hamstrings, and then I want to grab what the chat 4 is saying here. Mark Barron, who went on injured reserve due to the hamstring injury he suffered within the first two days of being a Bronco, then suffered a pec injury that is going to um, Uh, increase his time, his stay on injured reserve. There's a chance those two days he he spent uh, with the Broncos in training camp are going to be his only days suited up because – and what's ironic about it is at the end of that week – the number twenty six, which is his jersey that he has traditionally worn since becoming a you know being a first round pick, um, was you know available after the team traded away Isaac Yadam, but he hasn't been able to be on the field long enough to to flaunt that jersey number. So that's your latest update on Mark, Mark Barron, Zach, which has just been a disappointment. It's
0: almost as if people thought this would be a bad idea when he was signed, Chad. And this is what the Broncos do. They sign injury-prone players, and those players get injured. And he was no exception. He was a failure of a signing from day one, and the Broncos are wasting every second keeping him on the roster. He gives nothing to this
1: team. Zero. The Chad04, no relation, of course, says, Where's a logo? Have a contest for an MHH logo. He puts out a few uh, suggestions here like a map of the U S the state of being uh, catchphrase or saying that we have here in the community. That's actually a really good idea. Chad O4. That's something we'll definitely take into consideration and maybe we'll uh, put a, put a contest together when we can actually put some thought behind it and get it going. And yes, Miller Hi, Rob, uh, we will definitely uh, acquiesce to your request and we will send that shirt. You won the new one designed by Christy to Poppy. She's apps. That's a great idea. And we're happy to do that. Uh, John go ahead and throw that on there what was that one uh, from Sleek Tro on YouTube do you think we should hire Dan Quinn love no. the podcast now Dan Quinn man look people mistook the intensity with which the Super Bowl 48 uh, champion Seattle Seahawks and in the and just how good no actually was that that was Gus Bradley's defense wasn't it it was the next year 2014 that Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator if I'm not mistaken I could get that backwards but nevertheless, they mistook the intensity with which that Legion of Boom was known for Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley, if you've ever been around him, he's a very intense dude. Like I could probably run through a wall after just having a very brief chat with Gus Bradley. He's that intense of a guy. Dan Quinn, though, I never quite understood it. M- people mistook the intensity with which the Seahawks played for it being a reflection of him as a coach. Zach, he got the Falcons to the pinnacle. They just couldn't quite mm-hmm. get over the hump in that Super Bowl. It's a, it's a, it's sad but I don't see any reason. Why would you want to go hire Dan Quinn? For what purpose? You have a defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio is your head coach and defensive coordinator, basically. What else? What would you need Dan Quinn for? Have him come in and coach secondary or linebackers? I mean, you already have a who's who of of former head coaches on staff, including, and he's not a former head coach, but Zach, you have John Pagano coaching the outside linebackers right now. They don't need, I mean, they have coaching acumen in spades, which is what made, You know, that first week or two, actually, of coaching snafus this year. So mystifying.
0: Dan Quinn did not get the Falcons to the Super Bowl. That was all Kyle Shanahan. And and you saw what happens with a Dan Quinn coach team in the Super Bowl. I saw it happen when I covered the Cowboys game against the Falcons in week two. Dan Quinn is a loser. He's a horrible coach who gets no respect from his team. He he fosters a club-med environment, and the players don't respect him. I want nothing to do with him. That's a classic case of a coordinator in way over his head, and he was a product of a great offensive coordinator and also a really good quarterback.
1: I want nothing to do with Dan Quinn. Hey, we're definitely not suggesting, Eric, that a man can't wear a shirt with a heart on it. All we're saying is it might not appeal to men in the same way that it might appeal to a woman. That's all we're saying. So um, clutch the pearls, you know, release the grip a little bit. It's going to be okay. I promise. Another thing to get out about. (laughs) It's all good. We love you. Levi jumping in again. Wow. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. He says, uh, will Stefan Gilmore line up against Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy? He lines up against the number one, which is what Levi's point is here, more often than not, although Belichick does mix it up a little bit. Um, I would guess it's going to be Judy, but I could be wrong on that because Patrick really has emerged, and for the coaches who are watching the film and seeing the ways that they're using Patrick and the routes that he's running, it could end up being more of a focus on yeah. Patrick as the true ex-receiver in this scheme.
0: Yeah, uh, Stephon Gilmore being a shutdown cornerback, he travels on both sides of the field. He's not limited to left or right. And what Belichick likes to do, like Chad just said, is match fire with fire. But what Belichick does best of any coach in recent memory is throw those curveballs that no one fans, analysts, players, coaches are expecting. So you might see Stephon Gilmore locked up on Tim Patrick and make Drew Locke and Jerry Judy a rookie who had struggles with drops and all that. Belichick picks up on everything. So Tim Patrick, you can argue, is the most surehand wide receiver on the Broncos roster. So you're going to lock up your best cornerback on him and take him out of the game and make an, a drop-prone rookie receiver and a quarterback coming off an injury beat you. That's what Belichick's going to do.
1: By the way, Eric also had the question, what's the ETA for Hamler? I haven't heard. We don't really have an ETA. For Hamler, All we know is they haven't put him on injured reserve for a reason. So there are inferences we can make from that. The injury was sustained in the Jets game. That was 17 days ago by the time they play, right? It's going to be a 17-day gap. I would guess, even though he'd been ruled out for week five before the game had gotten uh, canceled and rescheduled, I would guess he has a snowball's chance of maybe playing this week. But if he doesn't play this week, my guess is they plan on returning him week seven against the Chiefs just because otherwise they would have put him on injured reserve, you would think, that,
0: And it makes more sense to have him against the Chiefs. If that gets into a shootout or the Broncos fall way behind, you're going to need to have as many weapons as possible. I would hold him out this week, and if he's still not
1: 100% by next week, I really consider putting him on IR for three weeks. David Bingham and jumping in, one of the great commenters and community members at milehighhuddle.com, and, of course, very active as well on, on YouTube. Love you, David. He says, so will there be four quarterbacks on the active roster by Sunday? Who will Elway drop one or maybe even two? That's a really good question. Zach, I'll let you start with that one. You don't need four.
0: So I think one guy is a goner, and that one guy should be Blake Bortles. You don't need him. He he did nothing to this team, and he brings nothing to the table. You have Drew Locke as your starter, and I know now there's an injury concern, so you have to have at least one on the roster. I'm willing to bet. Uh, that Brett Rippon has done enough, has showed the Broncos he can be the QB two. I wouldn't let it be Jeff Driscoll. I think he will be though on the 53 for this one game. I think the Broncos will carry three for the Patriots game. And if Drew Locke comes out of that unscathed, then I think they drop one more quarterback, bring Jeff Driscoll back to the practice
1: squad and go forward. I'm cutting Blake Bortles tomorrow. I would as well. I just don't think that's going to happen. I do think that they're, Going to wait and make sure – because, again, look, this isn't us saying Drew Locke has made a glass. We're not echoing some of the detractors out there in Broncos country. But you do have to be – if you're the Denver Broncos and you have to plan for contingencies and you have to try and see the future, you do have to recognize now that in two years he's suffered two injuries that have kept him off the field. So coming off that second injury, maybe you wait an additional week before you make a decision on your quarterback depth chart. But to David's question on the first question – Four QBs on the active roster by Sunday. I do think they'll still have four quarterbacks. As ridiculous as it sounds, I'll be surprised if they end up making a roster change and cutting Bortles. Or, I mean, Driscoll's probably not going to be the odd man out because they're on the hook to pay him two and a half million bucks this year, no matter what. But if someone does end up on the outside, obviously it's going to be Bortles because of the because of the money. But just I wouldn't expect that to change probably Zach till they see how how Locke performs. But
0: also, Bortles has no upside. He has no ceiling. He is what he is, and he peaked long ago already. So at least Jeff Driscoll, you can argue they can squeeze more upside out of him. Brett Rippon for sure, and Drew Locke for sure. So Blake Bortles, out of the four, he has nothing that he can offer
1: that the other quarterbacks don't already. I don't know. I mean, with how... Except for mute. experience. With how that's the only way I can put it, man. With how mute and... I don't know how else to put it. Jeff Driscoll was in the pocket. I mean, those sacks and safeties he relinquished. That was so disheartening. I mean, for a guy that's been in the league as long as he is, you would think he could read a little bit better than that and read pre-snap and, you know, not just for his own offensive line's sake, but just for his own sake. Like, even if you are completely behind the eight ball in terms of pre-snap protections, Zach, you would think that you say, oh, the pressure's coming. I better get rid of the ball. And even if that means throwing it away, that's the one thing that you just didn't see any development on from week two, week three, which is why I wouldn't be surprised if if the Broncos, put it this way, if Jeff Driscoll was just one of these veteran minimum guys that had been signed to come in and be the backup, I think he'd already be gone. I'll be honest with you. That's how disappointing he was in the the, the – you know, he was okay in the Pittsburgh game, brought him back, almost got him there. But that week three against Tampa, I mean, that was just stunning how – just how bad he was. Give him a right tackle. Let's see what he can do. All right. Let's see what else we've got here, boys and girls. we got Chris in the house, 24 year vet of the air force. We love him. He's a longtime super chat, superstar. And uh, we appreciate you. My friend, he says, hashtag side switch. They always notice it when we, when we don't have our traditional sides on the screen, hashtag click those little thumbs up. Thank you for the reminder, my friend, uh, that's Guys, look, it's it's a simple, organic way that you can support what we're doing here. Not everyone wants to share football content on their social media. And if that's you, okay, we, we can uh, try and understand. But at least like this video before you bounce on out if you think we're doing a good job for you. All right, let's see what else we got here. By the way, I'm going to grab Naj. Greg is saying it's freezing on Facebook, but he's back. If that persists, let us know, my friend, and we'll take it up with our streaming service. Naj jumping in on Super Chat again, uh, also a guy that's becoming increasingly familiar to us on Super Chat. Thank thank you, you, Naj. says, Hello, brothers. Seemed to me that Coach Fangio brought a lot more pressure packages versus the Jets than I recall him doing in the past. I felt that helped Chubb's play as well. Do you think he'll stay aggressive with the Blitzes? Yes, he has to. I mean, even if they get Jeremiah Tattoo back for week six, and I'll remind you guys, Atachi would have been ruled out for if the game would have gone tonight, he was already ruled out of the game. Uh, I think it's a knee. If I'm trying, I'm trying to remember now. Pretty sure it's a knee. He would have been ruled out. So, yes, and I think even if he, Zach, had been healthy or if he is healthy and back in time for the Patriots game this coming Sunday, Fangio does have to continue to mix things up with sending blitzes because I think Naj is absolutely onto something here. It did help kind of discombobulate the Jets a little bit and freed up Chubb to get more one-on-one matchups in which he was able to get home. Ten pressures, two and a half sacks. I will
0: say that I do think uh, Fangio will continue being way more aggressive than he was the first three weeks, but you can't really be over-aggressive. It is Cam Newton, considering his rushing ability. You have to maintain gap responsibility. You have to play him and have a spy on him at all times. So, yes, when he's going back to pass, they will send more blitzes, and it should help Bradley Chubb. I think he's getting back into form as well, but the way they're going to win this game is shutting down the Patriots running game, and that includes Cam Newton. So be aggressive,
1: but don't be stupid at the same time. Steven says he just sent us something on Twitter that he designed. We'll check it out, my friend, when uh, we get done with the stream. Uh, W.E. jumping in. Appreciate you, my, my friend. You. Also, so consistent, longtime superstar and listener of the show here and member of this community. Who do you think walks next season between Shelby Harris, Justin Simmons, and Philip Lindsay? Assuming we pay bulls, who stays and who goes? Thanks always. Uh, as always, hashtag huddle up. Well, first of all, Lindsay's not going anywhere. He's a restricted free agent next year. The Broncos are going to tender him. He's here unless they trade him. Right, That's always a possibility, Um, and especially if things continue to go well with Melvin. But I do think they're going to ride out both running backs through 2021 and then make a decision on which one of the two running backs to keep. So the question here really, Zach, comes down to Shelby and Simmons. I think that the sentiment is clear. If the Broncos have a loyalty, it's to Justin Simmons, even though – they didn't give him that long-term deal. Right now, if it comes, if it's just based purely on what have you done for me lately? It's Shelby that screams, I should be the one that sticks around. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being
0: flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex
1: smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen, Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. Simmons up to this point has, I think, categorically been the biggest disappointment of the year for the Broncos.
0: I don't think any of these four guys bowls included is a lock to get re-signed by Denver, not just considering the Broncos apprehension toward locking in their own in-house guys, for whatever reason, none of them so far, you can make the argument for bowls, even though it's kind of premature, none of them are warrant a long-term, potentially market setting contract. Shelby Harris there's someone in the organization who doesn't believe in him. And after the comments for a long-term contract and after the comments he made about the bye week and Fangio responded with his uh, moaners comment and his, his B word comment, I just don't think he that rubbed him the right way. And I think Shelby Harris wants to get paid. I don't think he's gonna give the Broncos a hometown discount. I think he's out to get his long-term deal. And in a normal offseason next year, I think he will get that. They have Draymond Jones. They invested in Gerald Casey. I as much as I like Shelby Harris, I just don't see the Broncos ponying up, you know, 13, 14 a year. Justin Simmons, that depends on his play. I think the Broncos are hoping he has a mediocre year because it would lower his price tag dramatically. And they could save, you know, three million than they were considering giving him prior to the season. All of those four, you know, assuming Bowles does get signed, I think Simmons is the most likely because he has the most upside in a position where uh, it's more importance in a Vic Fangio defense.
1: Can't disagree, really, with anything you said there. I mean, the thing is, though, with, with Shelby Harris is the Broncos, look, they thought they had something with Jarrell Casey, and maybe they still do, but – even though he has additional years on his contract, they were only guaranteed. Basically, 2020 was the only guaranteed year that they were on the hook for. I would not be surprised if they move on from Jarrell Casey at the end of the season. I'm not predicting it right now. I'm just saying, if Draymond Jones comes back and plays well, DeMarcus Walker, I still think, is for the most part an afterthought for this team for whatever reason. But Shelby Harris should become a core building block part of this defense. I mean, what more does the guy have to do? I get it that he's not you know, the greatest run defender, but he's good enough. And what he brings to the table in terms of the clutch gene and as a pass rusher, I mean, that just, it's not something that can be taught. It's hard to find in the league, the legends of Shaw brothers, a name we do not recognize on uh super chat jumping in. Thank welcome. you. And welcome. Yes. Uh, he says the Broncos can really get blown out in this game. Well, yeah, I mean, there's always that possibility, yeah. but Zach, let me uh, really quick, let me go back to the share screen here on something I want to, I want to show everybody on the matchup with the Patriots here. So let me bring your attention to their rushing defense. So you see these green, if it shows green, that represents a top 10 statistical mark. So the Patriots in all, but four key defensive categories are top 10. The four in which they're not top 10 currently ranked are yards per play, bottom third net rushing middle of the pack, In fact, below average, they're at 17th. And then sacks, they only have six. And red zone percentage, they're middle of the pack at 13th. I draw your attention to the rushing yards per game. They're giving up 115 on the ground. This is an opportunity for the Denver Broncos to get their rushing attack going. And if they can, they can counter, bringing it back up here, the Patriots being one of the most prolific uh, rushing offenses in the league. Right now, they're they're ranked second, or at least they were going into week five averaging, Zach, a whopping 100, well, let's just say 180 yards per game. But they're going up against a Broncos defense, all right, that relinquishes 109 rushing yards per game. So if this is a case of, Zach, the unstoppable force, meaning the immovable object, who are you taking? The Broncos and Vic Fangio's traditionally stingy rushing defense or what appears to be an increasingly prolific Patriots rushing attack? Because that, therein lies the answer to What he's saying here.
0: Well, I'm going to pivot because I think the best defense for the Broncos is a good offense in this game. If they chew the clock, if they employ the running game with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay and they score touchdowns, not settle for field goals. They keep that Cam Newton uh, off the field. They keep that uh, Patriots rushing attack off the field. So the Broncos offense can help their defense out tremendously. Answering the question more directly it all comes down to how well Fangio coaches this game. He coached better against the Jets than he did the first three weeks, but he has to kind of sell out to stop the run, and also he has to be wary of, of Newton's arm and Julian Edelman and the receiving weapons they do have there. Again, it, you would like to have Gerald Casey in this game, Von Miller for sure. You know, you'd know, like to have the defense at 100%, but they can stop. If they sell out, they can stop the run. I'm not saying they will, but they can at least limit the running game. It's up to the offense, though, as it always is, Chad, to put enough points on the board to help the defense out.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think the Broncos are going to get blown out in this game. Not with Drew Locke coming back. I really don't think that's going to wow. happen. Could it happen? It's always possible. I don't think it's going to. Bobby jumping in from wow. the top rope with an extremely generous super chat. We thank and you. this wow. is coming on the heels of last night. She was very generous on super chat as well. So, uh, Bobby, thank you so much, thank my friend. You. Yes, you mean the world to us, and and we I hope you know that. I think you do know that. And yes, we'll uh, we'll get that shirt out to you. ASAP, she says. Thank you, Miller. Hi, Rob, for the shirt. It'll be a very special gift for me because it was designed by Christy. And then in parentheses, a woman. <laughs> Thank you again. Go Broncos. Just very sweet. Thanks so much, Poppy. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll put that in to be shipped to you as soon as we get off this stream. And then Christy jumping in, showing some love on super chat. The queen. We uh, we all acquiesce to the queen here. She says, "Thank you for debuting the logo, guys. Glad you liked it. Great pod." Go, Broncos. Much love to the great women, the great females in this community. Yes. Absolutely. Speaking of as well, real quick, just I'm not going to read this, but Lynette, very sweet. Glad to hear your story of becoming a Broncos fan. Shout out to you as well on Facebook. Um, All right, let's grab this one here from JFigVids. Welcome. Name we don't recognize on Super Super. Chat. So welcome and thank you, my friend. We win. 28-17, the defense shows up, Simmons and Kareem Jackson both wake up, and all four touchdowns come from Locke. Broncos country, baby. Hey, I love it. Bullish, optimistic. I mean, Zach, that's what the Broncos need. They need Drew Locke to come in and do franchise quarterback things if they're going to beat a Cam Newton-led Bill Belichick Patriots squad.
0: I can see him holding New England to 17. I really don't see, though, Drew Locke scoring 28, especially on his own. I think a majority of those touchdowns would be the grand game, Lindsey or uh, Melvin Gordon, but it could happen. They score, again, 24 points could win this game. So if they can score 24 and hold the Patriots under that, I know it's my John Madden analysis right now, but it definitely can happen. And they're they not getting blown out of this game. That is not going to happen. They will keep the competitive down to the, for the fourth quarter.
1: Uh, Glenn, Hauser bonafide superstar in our community jumping in and talk about a man cave. Glenn, I don't know. I tagged you on Twitter. We were tagged on a tweet by a fellow. I don't have it in front of me right now. So apologies. I don't remember his handle, but he showed us a video of his Bronco man cave, which is right up there. I'm not at this very moment giving the edge to him because Glenn, you just by virtue of who you are, you maintain the edge in our hearts and minds as far as your Broncos man cave. But If you haven't seen that yet, check out your Twitter mentions because I added you on that. You got to check it out. But Glenn says, let's not overestimate the Patriots. They're only two and two and two games behind Buffalo. I feel good about our guys coming back. Hashtag nice job, Christy. Amen. What do you think about that, Zach?
0: I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm not treating the Patriots. I'm like bowing down to them, treating them like they're this monster or this bully. They can be beaten and they have been beaten. They're not four. 0 they're two and two. This is not the same Patriots team. Cam Newton was a great pickup. He's a good quarterback for them, but he's not Tom Brady, at least what Tom Brady was a couple years ago. They don't have the same defense. They just lost some of that Patriots magic. They really did. It, it seems like the wheels have kind of started coming off the Patriots dynasty
1: and they are definitely beatable. I mean, the emperor wears no clothes, Chad. That's what you could say about Belichick. What do we know about Cam Newton as from coming from the Broncos country sphere of influence? Okay. Every time the Broncos have crossed paths with Cam Newton, first of all, they've never lost to Cam Newton. Now there's always a first time for everything. Don't get me wrong, but they've never lost to Cam Newton and Cam Newton. We, we've seen it every time we've encountered him. If you stop the run and put the onus on him to win the game with his right arm and you, and you put everything on him, More often than not, he's going to come up short. It doesn't matter if it's going against the Broncos or not. So that's why for Vic Fangio and company, they are going to sell out to stop the run. They're wise enough to know that you got to get uh, Devontae Bosby and keep him. He already said he's going to be much more involved in the nickel. Uh, There's a chance you get A.J. Bouye back. And then, of course, Michael Ojemudia has been playing really well. Hopefully, Bryce Callahan can continue to bounce back playing in the nickel more. So you got Ojemudia and Bosby on the outside. This is assuming Bos or uh, Bouye isn't able to quite come back fully, and Callahan in the nickel. I'm confident that if you can stop the run, those three guys can hold their own against Cam Newton's Patriot squad and the Legends of Shaw Brothers. Says uh, Locke not going to shred this Patriots defense. You, do you think Bill Belichick is going to let Locke beat him? You're going nuts. Hey man, I don't. Uh, I don't think Bill Belichick. You know, in terms of look, is he? He deserves all the credit in the world for being, you know, the most prolific head coach of the modern era. Some people, John Elway even said he's the greatest head coach in NFL history. I don't know if I'd go quite that far with John, but, you know, John really respects the rings, right? That's what ultimately matters most to John Elway. Bill Belichick, phenomenal defensive mind, but let's not pretend like he's infallible, Zach. Right, and if he was smart,
0: which he very much is, he is going to let Locke beat the New England Patriots or at least put him to the test. What Belichick is going to do is jam the box with seven or eight guys, stop Melvin Gordon, you know, hopefully, potentially, and stop Philip Lindsay and make Locke and his young receiving core beat them. In terms of Cam Newton, though, also the way that we learned in 2016 is if you beat the hell out of him, he will give up the football. He will fumble. He will get flustered. He will throw a pick. I am not shaking in my boots facing the 2020 version. To Cam Newton. You put pressure
1: on him. You contain him in the pocket. You will beat this quarterback. Eddie Vasquez. We're going to grab Eddie here. And then, John, I'm going to grab Benjamin Flores on Facebook at 652. Next, Eddie. Good to see you, my friend. It's been a while since we have seen yeah. you. And, uh, you know, we miss you, my dog. So I'm glad to have you back in the stream. It's good to see you. Miss you as well, my friend. And appreciate your support. He says, thanks for always being here. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, dude, we'll always be here for you, dog. And, uh, you know, life happens and jobs, you know. So a lot of our listeners reach out to us at privately and also in the streams and let us know, hey, we can't always make every single live stream, but we're listening to every single podcast on demand. We don't miss a, lot, a pod. But it's always sweeter, Eddie, when we can have you in the live stream. So thanks yeah. for the support, my friend. Benjamin Flores brings up a really good point. Another silver lining to the Broncos getting rescheduled from week five to week six. Do you think Nigel Bradham will be ready to go by Sunday? Zach, I definitely think he's going to be in a much more fortuitous position to make a contribution in week six because, you know, he's on the practice squad. So the Broncos can game day elevate him and see, you know, utilize him in some nickel packages, see how it works out. I think he's more likely to play a role in week six than he would have had this game taking place earlier this afternoon.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. He might not start, but the Broncos have to get him in the defense and get him some snaps in, in a regular season game because he can be that coverage linebacker solution they've long been seeking. Not a three down guy necessarily, not a not a great uh, run stuffer, but the best linebacker the Broncos have in pass coverage. So I think he will play, and by you know week nine or week ten, I think he will be the starter at
1: ILB. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this particular Facebook user is, but he says, I was reading a comment on Mile High Huddle, and the guy said, if Drew Locke excuse me, doesn't work out for us, he wants Matt Ryan to come here. Shake my head. Shake my head indeed. Like Matty, Matty Ice, as they call him, um, you know, he's good for 3,500 to 4,000 yards passing, 24, 25 TDs, but he's never going to get you over the hump. He's already peaked, and uh, the Broncos don't need that. I don't want any veteran quarterback, you know, Matt Stafford,
0: Matt Ryan. The only one I'd be interested in, especially coming off the injury now, is Dak Prescott.
1: You put Dak on this team, a healthy Broncos team, they win 12 games, I believe. Amen. Um, all right, a couple more guys, and then we got to get out of here. We got to keep tonight's stream a little bit tighter than we might usually. Um, but uh, we got Viagra that just jumped in real quick, and I saw it and grabbed it. He says, uh, Appreciate you, by the way. Thank you. Multitasking between watching Monday Night Football and huddle up. Love it, dude. Thank you. Gotta say, Justin Herbert looks like the real deal. What is the bare minimum for Locke to be the franchise guy? Zach, you tee off on this one. How, what does the it mid- take to prove that?
0: Well, what's what do we always judge a player on? Wins. And I think if, the bare minimum is if he can show the Broncos, he can lead them to success. He can lead them to victory. Not saying he has to rattle off 10 straight wins, but he has to show the Broncos can win because of him and not in spite of him, as it's been the last five years or so. At the bare minimum, you, you already have the intangibles. You don't worry about that. But I think he has to show he has to be available, too. He has to stay on the field, shake the injury-prone label, I guess, he's developing. And he has to just show he can be a natural leader of the team. Justin Herbert, you know, he has that pedigree that Drew Locke doesn't have. And he's doing well right now with the Chargers. He has the benefit of good coaching. And now that Locke, hopefully with a better offensive line, if Pat Shermer coaches to Locke's ability, he can show he has the talent physically to be the franchise quarterback. We all know intangibly his mental approach to the game, his leadership, his confidence. That's all there. As long as he stays healthy and the Broncos can win on the strength of his right arm, I think that's a franchise trait he has to show Denver.
1: Uh, Carlos jumping back in. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, by the way, thanks for the show. Carnal. always good stuff. Thank you, Carlos. Carlos. I echo Zach though. I mean, basically Drew Locke just needs to keep doing what he does in terms of when he's been on the field. All right, look, six total, well, seven starts, six games fully that he's played for this team. And he is what he's four and three as a starter officially, even though he didn't finish, you know, he barely even played in the week two game, but it still counts on his resume as a start. So if he can come back in, the Broncos are sitting here at one and three. If he can come back in this year and lead this team to anything either close or slightly over 500, the the question in my mind is answered in terms of he's the guy for at least the next two years. You give him the full duration of his rookie deal to to grow and settle in and and blossom as a franchise guy. As far as statistics go, look, I don't care, to be honest with you, what the statistics are. I care about the win-loss and I think Drew Locke can bring that for this team. Even with the losses they've had on the personnel side due to the injury bug, I still think Drew Locke can come in and give a spark to this team. You're getting Phillip back. You're getting Bouillet back very, very soon. You're going to get Fant back. Good chance this week. You're getting Draymond back. You're getting DeMarcus Walker back. So some interior pressure comes back for you. That's a thing that's been a problem for this team outside of Shelby. There's, no, there's been no interior pressure, which is another reason why. Faniel has had to send the blitz increasingly from the linebackers and the, not so much the safeties, but the linebackers to really, really get pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, you're not, probably you're not going to get Von Miller back in unless this team is relevant in mid December, you're not getting Sutton back, but there are a few players that can still come back and and make a contribution and help lock salvage this season. Kenneth Booker jumping in. Appreciate you, Kenneth. Thank you. With the super chat, fide superstar in our community. And, I think he's up there on uh, – He's he, you know, we have a – our MHH Mount Rushmore is etched out of the Rocky Mountains, okay? So our mountains are bigger than those of the Midwest, obviously. Right? Not a lot of mountains in the Midwest, but you get my point. There's a lot of room on MHH Mount Rushmore, and Kenneth Booker has worked his way up there. Love you, buddy. He says, any inside linebackers, free agency, that we can go after in the offseason. <laughs> Zach, off the top of my head, I can pull yeah, up spots, but their site yeah. is so slow. Um, let me just see real quick. Let me see. Um, I'll try and think. Yeah. While, while I'm pulling this up, anything that comes to mind, go ahead and spit, but it's too premature for me to look at that. I have no clue. If this updates like it should, we can have a conversation. Otherwise, Kenneth, we might have to circle back on that one. 2021. I'm seeing. Avery Williamson, Denzel Perryman, Gerard Davis. Uh, Mark Barron, Reuben Foster, B.J. Goodson, Craig Robertson. I was a big Craig Robertson guy when he was still in his prime, but he's 33 now. Um, Those are all injury concerns. Denzel Perriman yeah. was a great linebacker for the Chargers. Just can't stay healthy. He was the only one who yeah. jumped out to me. Reggie Ragland, they're showing as a free agent next year, unrestricted. It's hard to say. Give us give us some time on that one to do maybe a little more research, Kenneth, and we'll, we, we can holler back at you. Yeah, that's right. Happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian members of the community in Brockton's country. It's Canadian Thanksgiving, so thank you for that reminder. Um, That's right. Canadian state of being, baby. North of the 49th parallel. We love you. Dennis Woods in Michigan, close to the 49th parallel. Not quite, though. Jumping in. Very consistent team member of our community. Much obliged and much respect to you, Dennis. He says, heading to Denver tomorrow to visit The kids. As bad as Driscoll is, why wouldn't you get rid of him versus uh, Bortles? Bortles may not bring a lot, but it's better than uh, what Driscoll brings and his negatives, hashtag Denver Broncos for life. I actually agree with you, Dennis, on this. This is one of the few topics Zach and I disagree on. I've just seen – what I've seen from Driscoll has been so bad that I just don't see it being any worse than – I don't see – Bortles. If you did have to turn to him, being any worse, you can only have something to gain in my in, in my estimation. If you did have to turn to uh, Blake Bortles, which hopefully you don't have to,
0: but I think it's fair to say that Broncos are definitely going to cut one of them, Driscoll or Blake Bortles. We, we can argue about who it should be, but I think one of them will get the axe. The next what, you know,
1: week. Yeah, within definitely within the next week of real time, two weeks tops. It's one of them's going to going to be hitting the bricks and. Usually, you follow the money. In that case, you know, the Broncos have less to lose by parting ways with Blake Bortles. Adon, our friend and a key member of this community, super chat superstar, and also one of the uh, co hosts on the Mile High Roundtable podcast. Jumping in, appreciate you, my friend. And he nice. says, Christy's logo looks awesome. Hashtag MHH, hashtag state of being. Really appreciate that, Adon, my friend. Good to see you. And we concur. That's why it's up there. Uh, Lupe, you want to see it? Lupe wants to see it. Let's, let's, let's show the, the, uh, design real quick before we, and then we got to bounce out of here guys for tonight. Hopefully we haven't missed anybody, John. If we have, let's get them queued up. This is the new shirt we unveiled tonight, right before we went live designed by Christie, the logo, the mile high huddle, uh, Broncos orange and blue. You got the orange heart. And then in the heart, it's hard to see probably from the size of your screen right now but it's a little hashtag in white that says huddle up. So it's a huddle up MHH superstar design t-shirt by Christy. And uh, it's, it's fire. It's absolute fire. Yes. So, all right, we got to get out of here for tonight, guys. I don't think we missed anybody, but let me double check here real quick. I'm sure John's on it, but we got by, we, Roger. wait, hold on. Let me see. What did Roger say? Roger Goodkey, one of our Facebook supporters with a point here. Hey, look, Locke is going to be a great quarterback. He just needs to stay healthy and prove a lot of these haters wrong. It's time for Locke to shine. That's the takeaway, Zach. Let's leave that me- – that, let that be the message here that we leave with the our, our community. The biggest thing Locke can do right now is just stay on the field. And if he stays on the field, Zach, that natural talent's going to come to the surface, and it will do good things for this team. Yeah,
0: and just give him a chance. He'll have a better offensive line now. He's coming back, and he has some uh, experience this season in, in, in Pat Shermer's system. Just give him a chance to let him show himself one way or the other because the most important question the Broncos can answer from now until year's end, is lock the guy?
1: Yes or no? That question must be answered by January. Amen. All right, guys. we got to bounce out for tonight. Uh, in the meantime, though, thank you, Greg. Much, uh, much obliged. Hope everything's stabilized there on Facebook. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, follow the main account at Mile High Huddle And my partner, as you can see here on screen, Zach Kelberman at KelbermanNFL on Twitter. And myself at Chad N. Jensen. And then while you're at it, when you're, while you're throwing follows out there, follow our producer, John Cronenberg, Bwana Beast, a.k.a. On Twitter, though, I know it's a lot of different names you're trying to keep track of, John, that's got these three different handles that he rolls with on Twitter at john k K k-a-y-m-h-h and then yeah guys when you get some time go check out the merch store huddleuppod.com you'll see you might have to you know go page to page i'm not sure exactly where it's at right now because we just debuted it right before we went live but you'll find christy's shirt and you know it's great for the women in the community and for the dudes out there maybe the heart doesn't float your boat but you get it for that special female in your life it's fire trust Don't forget to like this video before you bounce on out, subscribe, follow. And again, the best testimonial for us. If you think we're doing a good job, share this video, share this podcast out there, help us continue to grow. And uh, we appreciate it. Zach, we're back Wednesday night. In the meantime, have a great start to your week, brother. You too. Hopefully we have more to go on Wednesday. We'll know more about Drew Locke's status, but yeah, looking forward to it, Chad. Yeah, we should have more information on the injured players, their availability, what they practiced on Wednesday and whatnot. So, Work on tomorrow night. You'll have Building the Broncos, Nick and Carl, I'm sure. So stay tuned for that, 6 p.m. Mountain. And then Zach and I will be back Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. So we'll talk to you then. Mile High salute to our Super Chat superstars and Facebook supporters. Appreciate all those stars out there. Love you. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you again Wednesday night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. (laughs) You love their prices even more.
0: Wondrous Selection, Helpful Guides, Ridiculously Low Prices, Total
1: Wine and More.
0: Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I wanna find a rosé Jill
1: hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous Selection, Helpful Guides, Always Low Prices, Total Wine and More.